0: Before I begin uh, to share with you this morning, I want to ask everyone in the congregation if you could stand for a moment and I would like us to do some declarations. As you know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. So it didn't say that you have to you will receive faith if you hear the word of God are from another person, which is also true, your faith grows as you hear the word of God preached, but you can also build your own faith by declaring the things that God has said about you. Amen? So if you will declare the following things, they are directly from the scriptures, let the Lord speak to you. Everyone say, I am a son or daughter of the Most High King. I am an heir and joint heir with Christ. Hallelujah. Say, Say, I am God's masterpiece of creation. Say, I am God's most treasured possession. Say, I am the apple of God's eye. First of all, do you believe what you are confessing? Amen. Say, I am a friend of God. Say, I am a member of the royal priesthood. You know, yesterday we watched that wonderful royal wedding. Did you know that in the kingdom of God you are a member? Amen. Of the royal family. The best royal family there is in the world. The family of God. Say, I am an overcomer. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I I want to pray for you right now that God may give you a word today as I share with you. One, a word that will give you a word of counsel for an encouragement. Because when you hear the word of the Lord, the Holy Spirit moves. And he gives each person a revelation knowledge. And I pray for you, number two, that the Lord today will give you a word of correction to get you back on the right track in your life. I pray for you as I preach, number three, that God will give you a word of comfort to give you strength and joy in your life. And number four, I pray for you as I preach this morning, that the Lord will give you a word of confirmation that you know you are walking in His will. Will you give the Lord a hand of praise? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share with you some words of encouragement and also sharing with you some of the things that the Lord has done in my life. But I want to put my own story in the context of the Apostle Paul's story. There is nothing that is powerful as a testimony. And uh, in the book of Philippians, the letter to Philippians, chapter 3, in fact, the, the whole chapter, the Apostle Paul is giving his own testimony about his life about what God did for him. And in giving his testimony, he's telling us that this is my background, this is my story. And he was so confident in his relationship with God, he is giving us a model. He says, you can follow me as a model. So let's look at Philippians chapter 4, chapter 3, excuse me, and verse number 12. The Bible says, verse number 12, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Verse number 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse number 14. I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's bow our heads and Go before the Lord and pray for the word. Our Heavenly Father, we give you glory and praise because of your presence in this sanctuary. Father, I thank you because your anointing is already present at this pulpit in the congregation and you are moving among our people. Father, I pray that as I share your word, that the word of the Lord will speak directly to the needs of your people. And I pray that you anoint the ears to hear the word and you will give each person a revelation knowledge of what the Holy Spirit is saying in their lives. I pray that, Father, I will speak directly to their needs and that as I preach, I will speak directly from the mind of Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. So here the Apostle Paul is laying out his pattern. For Successful Christian Living. And my message this morning is entitled, Run to Win the Race. Run to Win the Race. So the Apostle Paul shows us how we can succeed in all that we do. He wants believers to follow his example. When you run the race... He's telling us you have to run, to run like a young man with the vigor and the strength. He's telling us that when you want to learn about success, you do not go to learn from those who have failed. You want to look at those who have been successful. If you want to go to a destination you want to talk to and learn to the people who have been to that destination because they are the people who know the way. And so the Apostle Paul is laying a foundation for us in order to teach us a pattern that we can establish in our lives so that if we follow that pattern, we can be successful as he was. In life, we learn much more about succeeding in life from models, from examples, more than we learn from manuals. So who is our model as believers? Our model is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But outside Jesus Christ as our model, the next best model to emulate in living a successful Christian life It is the Apostle Paul himself. He was an incredible man. He lived life to the fullest. He made life count. So, in chapter 3 of the book of Philippians, we see the Apostle Paul's autobiography, his story. In the first 11 verses, he deals with his past. In this passage, he deals with his present and his future. From it, we can see the model for successful Christian living. Paul even encourages us to follow his example. Verse 17 says, Join with others in following my example and take note of those who live according to the pattern that I have given you. So what is this pattern? What example is he giving us? In this passage, he briefly explains. Four keys to successful Christian living. Four keys or four patterns. And that's what I want to talk about. And the four patterns that we must follow in order to win in life. Now, he's not just talking about winning in the world. He's talking about winning in life. Four patterns are, number one, evaluation. Everyone say evaluation. This is a self-discovery. It is where the Bible says, man, know thyself. Number two, pattern number two that he's, he's giving us here, it is called elimination. So everyone in the church will say elimination. This is where you forget the past. And this is where you eliminate anything in your past that would hinder your life from, proce- from processing and going forward or proceeding forward with success. Pattern number three. Alright, so let me see if you're following me. I always say that I'm a full-time preacher by calling but what I do for tent making that means what I do from Monday to Friday uh, in order to pay my bills I'm a professor in a university and I also serve as the chairman of the Department of History and Political Science uh, in my university and when I'm teaching I like People that are are listening uh, to repeat what I'm saying. That way it gets into their spirit. So let me see if you are getting. So what is the first pattern? What is pattern number two? So now I'll give you pattern number three. Is called concentration. So everyone say concentration. This is focusing on your future with a laser beam. Or like a laser beam. And then he gives us pattern number four. Pattern number four, he calls it determination. Everyone say determination. Determination. This is fighting and running the race to the finish, but running with persistence and with consistency. So let's let's go back and look at each one of these patterns. Pattern number one, evaluation. Here the Apostle Paul is telling us is where you begin, where you admit that you don't have it all together. That you still have a long way to grow. And this is where in life he's saying you cannot pretend every day that everything is okay and everything is alright in your life. You have to be honest with yourself. If no one else is going to be honest with you, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to face your own weaknesses, your own, a- your own failures, your own shortcomings, and then figure out, through the revelation from the Holy Spirit, how to overcome those failures, those weaknesses, so that you can start running the race of life with success. Now, there are three things I found out in my own life that determines how you succeed. One is geography. Geography, it is where you are born. Now, there are some things in life we can change, and there are some things we cannot change. Now, your geography, there is a part of your geography that you can change, and there is part of your geography you cannot change. For example, I was born in a place called Mogoga in Kiambu County. I was born, I'm here. That's a fact. If I want to have been born in Australia, can I change that? Can I say, Joe, eh, Mogoga is not a good place to be born in. Be born in Australia, be born in New Zealand, be born in America. You can't change it. Okay? My mother and my father were given to me by God, my parents. As much as whether you love your parents, that you are supposed to love them or not, you can change who your father and mother are. Can you? There! As much as children cannot change their parents, so when the Lord gives you children as parents, you can change your children. <laughs> Even if sometimes our children behave in a way that we wish... They belong to two other parents. (laughs) i got to tell you, especially when my children became teenagers, I started looking at them, and I didn't recognize them. And I thought, are these really still my kids? You cannot change the kids that God gave you. You can't change your parents. That's geography. But let's face it, there are some aspects of geography that you can change. See, I found out just because I was born in Mogoga, and my parents moved to the Rift Valley, and that's where I went to school, that's where I grew up. And eventually, when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I discovered something. What really matters is to be in the central will of God. What matters is for you as a child of God to develop a bold vision for your life, and then to follow it. And I discovered it's okay to change geography. Okay? It's okay to move. It is okay to change locations. And I can tell you, I really moved. I did not only move from my, my village in the Rift Valley where I grew up, but I, I moved to Nairobi. And praise God, that was a really good move. And so, and when I got saved, I got saved in a wonderful church. It is called the Church of the Wacorinos. And they tied a turban on me. And, 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 we, and, and, and this was really good for my destiny because we spend nearly every hour of the day, every night to pray. We used to pray the whole night in a place called Ogaru. You know, that is a place where single people go to pray and intercede the whole night. And um, in fact, I would have never taken my turban off because I really believe that people who don't have a turban are not properly saved. Until and actually, uh, evangelist Mama I blame you for removing my taban. <laughs> because when we met at a school of evangelism by Maurice Sarulo, I think it was 1973. Uh, you know, and I know how and I saw how spiritual you were. kufikiri? You mean people who do not have a taban? can also be full of the Holy Ghost. So that started to stir me up. And then uh, they introduced me to Deliverance Church Karioko. And uh, I used to attend, I was a member of Deliverance Church Karioko, still as a Mokorino. I remember Joe Kayo shouting, saying, you see how popular Deliverance Church is? Even Wakorino are coming to worship here. Look at that Mokorino. You remember that. (laughs) <laughs> anyway because of you I removed my turban <laughs> but you can see this is change and uh, e- eventually in, in facing and evaluating my own life and looking at the areas I need to change as I said, you can change geography that's, the, that, that, that's one thing and there are some things in geography you cannot change The next thing that determines your future or your destiny, it is your gift. your gifting. Everyone has a gift. And I discovered, as a young person, especially when I got saved, God called in the ministry, that I have a gift. And my gift was talking. I don't know what your gift is, but I enjoy talking. And so, I ended up following, developing careers, that have something to do with the talking. That is, preaching involves talking. See, if you can't talk, you can't be a preacher. Yeah, you have to be a good speaker. So that when you stand in front of people, you are able to connect with them. You see, see, you are listening to me. See, that's good talking. And I became a university professor. And if you don't enjoy talking, you don't want to be a professor. So, you are gifting. The Bible says your gifts will make a way for you. And they'll bring you before great men. Okay? That's number two. Number three, what determines your success is your character. Godly character. When you develop godly character, character has something to do with your personality, personality, with your relationship with God, whether you are self-disciplined, whether you maintain a high level of commitment when you establish a goal in your life, you need to have a strong character in order to succeed. And not just character, but godly character. Because once the gift of God that He has given you makes a way for you, what makes you stay there and get raised and given promotion, it is your character. So, as the Apostle Paul is teaching us, we follow his life, we see the whole idea of geography impacting you, and we see that your level of gifting impacting your success, and we see the type of character that you have impacting your success. And so the Apostle Paul is telling us, you have to look at yourself. Look at the areas that you need to improve. To me, the Apostle Paul say, not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect. I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of it. In other words, I have not succeeded yet. I am not perfect yet. I am still trying hard. I am still pressing on. I am still pushing in my life. Towards the goal. That God has sent before me. So to me this is really amazing. Because when the apostle Paul was writing. The letter to the church at Philippi. He was already an old man. If anybody. Had the right. To claim that he had arrived. It would be Paul. He wrote almost. Two thirds. Of the New Testament. He single-heartedly spread Christianity throughout the Roman Empire. He became the first, the first apostle to take the gospel to the Gentiles. He made an incredible impact on the, on the world. And yet he's saying, I have not arrived yet. If the apostle Paul can say that, how much more you and I throughout life Should we continue evaluating and evaluating your life, our lives and where we are going, making improvements and then moving further, making improvements and then moving further? Because life's journey never ends until it actually ends. Growth never ends. Even when you get old, you can still grow. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally and, and, and spiritually. You can keep on growing. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. So he says, I'm not perfect. So, number two. Elimination. Here, he says, forget the former things and let go of the past. What that means, he's not just saying, forget everything in your past life. He's saying, stop letting your present be manipulated by memories of your past. And this is important for us to, you know, to understand. Everyone has a story. Everybody has a history. You got where you are now because of the choices and the decisions you made in the past. Uniquely. Every one of us. There are some things about our past we like, and there are some things about our past we don't like. If you are honest with yourself, you will admit that you made some bad choices in the past. You will also admit that you have made some good choices in the past. But this is very important. This, everyone say elimination. For you to succeed and get a breakthrough, you have to learn how to eliminate anything in your past that prevents you from marching forward, from moving and fulfilling your divine assignment, fulfilling your goals. And there are so many things in our story that can hold us back. Where you come from, the sufferings and troubles you went through, the poverty you experienced as you were growing up, and this is where the Lord really helped me. I grew up in a, in a poor home. It was difficult for me to get an education. For most of my education, I had to support myself. I had to work very hard to, to study. You know. And some of, the, some of those struggles, there are some of them I had to eliminate in order for me to succeed. Because sometimes when you try to reach to a higher goal, your mind reminds you, remember, you're just a, a small young man from that village somewhere. Sometimes I'm reminded, I used to run to school without shoes. And it was not that easy. Many times I would go to school and I had not been well fed, so it was difficult studying. And you know this stuff can follow you That even when you have an open door and opportunities, those weaknesses from the past try to tell you you can be able to do it because of where you are coming from. And church, I want you to know this today. That it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter the sufferings and the poverty and the struggles you experienced. You have to let them go because you have come to a place as a child of God where you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does not know failure. The Holy Spirit does not know defeat. The Holy Spirit is is God Himself in the inside of you. Hallelujah. That means it doesn't matter where I come from. It should not stop me from where I am going. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, our former president in the United States, Barack Obama, um, he, his father was born in a place, in a village, in Nyanza, a place called Kogelo. I understand it's a very poor village. Okay? He ended up going to university, to Harvard in the United States, met a white girl from Kansas, they got married, they had, a ba- they had a baby and that baby grew up to become the first black president of the United States come on now did the fact that Obama's background was a little village in Nyanza called Kogelo did that stop him from dreaming that he can become the president of the most powerful nation on earth you know they, they found out they found a book an exercise book that Obama had written when he was in class 4 and the teacher had asked them to write their dream, their vision you know what he wrote? that I will be the first black president of the United States in class (laughs) 4 and he worked on it he stayed focused on the goal did he reach it? yes amazingly he reached it. And this is what the Apostle Paul is telling us. You cannot say, because of where I come from, I, I, I should not say, be, be, because of the conditions of my birth, or my upbringing, that this should prevent me from succeeding in life. Hallelujah. So I... As I told you, and I mentioned before, the area in the country where I work, in the state of Georgia. And I work with the University of Georgia system uh, in southern Georgia. It's a place where they have a lot of racial discrimination. Now, many of you, Pastor Kemani Florence, you've been to the United States, uh, the Moais, you've been there, most of you have been there, you know one thing we deal with in, you know, in the United States is, you know, racism. And the succeeding in that environment many times takes a miracle. And uh, so when I got hired in in the university, I found out in my department, I was the second black professor in the whole department. I started working, I was hired as an assistant professor. So, worked hard, did research, wrote. Then I was promoted to associate professor. Then, there is something in the United States you you earn. It's very difficult. But once you get it, it's wonderful. It's called tenure. Tenure in the university, it means that once the institution gives you tenure, I think it's what in Kenya we used to call uh, Brother Moy. was it passionable and something? Or permanent and passionable. Do you still have that in Kenya? You know, it means once you, you are pensionable, you can be fired. Okay, That's it with the professor. Once you get tenure, you can be fired. Even if there is a recession in the country or bad economy, you have a job for life. Now, they don't like giving it very easily. They have to make sure that you, know, you are a person they want to be associated with, uh, associated with their university for the rest of your life. And uh, eventually, they gave me tenure. Hallelujah. Amen. Look, I'm telling you, I have a permanent job <laughs> as a professor. And uh, even if I really messed up, they can't fire me. Sometimes I think it's not always a very good idea. Because many professors, once they get tenure, they relax. They, they don't care a lot about publishing anymore. They don't even push to, to be very good in the classroom. Because what are you going to do to him? <laughs> but I also think that uh, it's a flaw of character if you do a bad job just because now you cannot be fired. So then eventually I was promoted to become the chairman of the department. And um, my fellow African-Americans, they would approach me and and ask me, so, well, Dr. Joe, how did you get promoted? Because I became the first black person to head an academic division in the history of that school. And they asked me, what is your secret? And I tell them, my secret is that I am a believer. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you see, my promotion does not come from the earth. My promotion comes from heaven. (laughs) Amen? Because you see, just like when the Holy Spirit entered into Mary's womb so that the Word could become incarnate. Remember the angel had appeared to Mary. And the brought the good news that Mary, you shall conceive and give birth to a baby. His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. And Mary said, well, how shall I conceive because I know no man? And you know, in life, for us to succeed, we struggle so much to know a person, to know a man. How do I make it if I don't know a person in power, a person in authority? How do I make network? Well, church, I want you to know that you and I, because we have a relationship with God, you do not need to know a man. You don't need to know a woman. You just need to know Jesus Christ. You need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and He will open doors for you that no man can open. I'm telling you, one favor from God is worth a hundred years of hard labor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what, he did. That's what he did for me. And I'm here to tell you like the Apostle Paul that what God has done for me, he can do it for you. Amen? Amen? When I first went to the university, when finally I did all the examinations, SATs and, and TOEFLs, and just passing those in order to be admitted to the university in the United States was tough. I passed, I got admitted. And I'll never forget, when I took my first, and many of you who have been to college, you, you know how tough some of these classes can be. So I took my first class in the subject of, I, I, I took the first class in college algebra. That, that, was, that was okay. I passed pretty well. But when I I enrolled and took a class in calculus, calculus, I don't know who invented that system of mathematics. You guys, anybody tried calculus? Those are very difficult mathematics. And uh, then the first exam, I got a D. And I got so upset. See, I don't know, I did not come to America to be a D student. I want to be an A student, but my head is totally blocked. I can't understand calculus. (laughs) So, then I remembered, who lives in the inside of me? Does the Holy Spirit know calculus? Does he have all the intelligence or know the wisdom in the world? And I went, and I kid you not, I laid my hands on me. I said... Joe's brain, in Jesus' name, be transformed. Hallelujah. I say right now, I command you to understand mathematics even if it is calculus. In Jesus' name I have it. And at the next examination, I got an A. I, I found myself sitting, writing notes, listening to the professor, and all of a sudden everything was clear in my mind. I was literally, literally getting smarter and more intelligent because the Holy Spirit was transforming my mind. I'm telling you, you don't have to be a D and a C student because you are born again child of God. Amen? The children of God, the Bible says you shall be the head and not the tail. You should be number one in your class. Do you agree with me? For the glory of God, not for your own aggrandizement, because you are a child of God. And um, one of the problems we have, and what really prevents us from succeeding, as the Apostle Paul is telling us to eliminate, you know, there are some things we remember, there are some things we are not supposed to remember. It is our own mind. Once, I had an interesting experience. Someone invited me to attend Asakas. You guys ever been to Asakas? You know where they have a lot of animals and people from peace jumping up and down? It was very interesting. But where I was sitting, I observed there was this huge African elephant that was waiting to perform. And I observed that elephant. It was tied down on the ground by a small stick that had been hammered into the ground. Just a small stick. And he was tied around his neck by a tiny little rope. This is huge African elephant. He's in total obedience. He will not move simply because he's tied down by a little rope which if he can just swing his neck, he can break that rope or remove that piece of tree. So I went and asked uh, one, uh, one guy that was working at the circus, because I was very curious. He said, why doesn't that huge elephant break away, run away for his freedom? Because he's really tied by a tiny little rope. Oh, he said, okay, this is how animals are trained. This is what happened. Long time ago, when that elephant was a little baby in Africa, the circus people went and caught him. And what they did, they got a huge rope. And they tied a huge rope around his neck. And then they got a big tree, huge tree. And they tied the big rope Around a big tree. And the little baby elephant... He would struggle... To run away... And he would fight against the rope... And it tightened against his neck. And he struggled and he struggled. He kept on growing... With that big rope... And the big tree... Every time he tried to run away... It would tighten. So in his head... Are you with me? He began to understand... I'm I'm, I'm always going to be tied down by a big rope around a big tree and I will never escape. So, as he got older and bigger, the rope got smaller and the tree got smaller. But in his head, he's still tied around Around by big rope. Around a big tree. So in other words, when he got so big, he could always escape. But he was in prison in his own mind. Now you understand my, what I say. What I'm saying. It is very, very difficult for you to succeed in life unless you become free in your mind. Unless you believe you can do it. Unless you... A lot of people... They go through life, and they are still tied by the struggles of the past, the trials of the past. You say, I tried it in the past, it didn't work. I pushed and pushed, it didn't work. So I don't think it can work for me. I started a business three times, four times, I failed, it didn't work. So now your mind came to believe you are not a good businesswoman. Or you are not good businessman. You can succeed. But I'm telling you, Jesus said, once you get saved, something must happen in your mind. The Bible says, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. Pastor Keman is It is not enough to be a born-again Christian. You can be born-again and saved and still be poor. Because your mind is still bound. You understand? To obtain everything that God has for you, you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You have to remove all impossibilities in your life. You cannot believe that there is nothing that shall be impossible to them that believe. Nothing shall be impossible with God. And with God, let me tell you, brethren, age does not matter. How you speak does not matter. You have to remember Moses. (laughs) He had a problem with speaking. He was a stammerer. But that did not stop him from becoming the greatest prophet and the greatest deliverer that the world has ever known. Because although he was stammering, he couldn't talk. God said, you can still be a great prophet. I will have somebody speak on your behalf. Hallelujah. I'll give you a rod that you will conquer Egypt with. Even if you're a stammerer, even if you cannot speak clearly, God can give you somebody to speak on your behalf. God can give you a rod that can be an extension of God's anointing. Hallelujah. We have to remove limits of God. Hallelujah. Your mind and my mind. That's what happened to me because I came to believe that no one who has the Holy Ghost in them should be stupid. Zuniqueli, if you have the Holy Ghost inside you and you are going around stupid, <laughs> why you have the order of life, the order of wisdom, the other of all the ideas in the world, Living in the inside you. You just need to connect with Him. Yes. Amen? And God will give you a breakthrough. So that is why, uh, when, like in my classroom, uh, let's say each class I have about 50 students, they are all white. I walk into the room, I'm not only black, when I open my mouth to speak, I have this strong accent. You see, you have noticed, I have not completely acquired American accent. (laughs) Church, you see what I'm doing? I'm trying to build your faith that it's not what they call you. It is what is inside you. They may not be able to say, they may call me Dr. George, but they will obey me. They will follow my authority and my direction. In fact, I tell my students, if you cannot properly call me dr njoroge you will not pass my class i'm the, i kid you know they practice and they try and before the end of the semester they all come very humbly and say dr nana njoroge <laughs> and they feel such a sense of relief come on that's God's favor that are not wazungu these white americans they are bowing before an african professor and they are struggling to pronounce my name because I have authority over their, over their grades. Mungu, God can lift you anywhere. And that's why I want you today to receive transformation of your mind. You don't just have... Remember I told you geography. You can relocate. You can be anywhere. When you are filled with God. Okay, And when you have determination, you can succeed in any country. God has blessed Kenyans. Kenyans are very hard working. So wherever Kenyans, I've helped several students come to my college, and they work so hard, and they make straight A's. For example, they find some Americans don't like to study. And they study so hard, they make straight A's. So eventually, in my department, there is a reputation that Kenyans are the best college students. Amen. And oh, professors started asking me, oh, do you have other Kenyan students you can send to my class? <laughs> when a Kenyan gets a job in America, they work so hard, they are so faithful, that the white employers, they start asking them, do you know another Kenyan you can recommend <laughs> for this job? Isn't that wonderful? Amen. So in other words, if you ever go to America, go to the university, please. Uh, don't disappoint me that I gave this wonderful report and then you start getting this. <laughs> Get <these>. A's. <laughs> Amen. So elimination. So and pattern number three, concentration. This is focus on the future. Set goals. Make plans. Have a vision. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not come. Do all in the present to prepare for tomorrow. If all you do is forget the past, you may just have amnesia. That doesn't make you successful in life. You need to do more. You need to have a bold vision for your life. You have to write down a life goal. I told you that Obama wrote for himself a life goal at fourth grade, class four, that his life goal was to become president, the first black president of the United States, and it it worked. A lot of people go through life without ever having a plan, without ever writing down some goals. You need to have a bold vision, not a small one, a big vision for your life. That's what I did. And God helped me to reach it. I had to work hard because you cannot achieve it unless you have self-discipline and determination. So you must focus as a laser towards the goals you have set for yourself. The Apostle Paul says, this one thing I do. This one thing I do. Forgetting the past and focusing and pressing towards this goal. I don't look backward, I look forward. This is what he's saying. He's talking about the power of concentration. If you take light and then you concentrate it, you get a laser beam. If the light is spread, it does not have power. But if you focus light beam, it becomes a laser. And the more you focus it, it becomes so strong that it it can cut through metal, through steel. And that is the power of focusing on your vision. Then, finally, the final pattern, determination. The Apostle Paul said, fight to the finish. Run to win this race of life. Be consistent about what you are doing. That is why Second Timothy chapter four verse seven through eight. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will award to me on that day, and that great day. So the principle of determination, absolutely nothing worthwhile. In life happens without effort. Without sacrifice. You have to be willing to sacrifice. You cannot win. You cannot succeed in anything. Unless you are willing to apply great effort. And sacrifice. You have to fight. The devil will not lie down. And just let you win at everything. He's your enemy. He will fight you. It would appear like you are about to get a breakthrough and then the devil comes and tries to snatch your breakthrough from you. You cannot let him do it. You have to fight him in the name of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says you have power in the inside of you. Greater than the power of the enemy. Amen? Determination. You have to be determined to fulfill your goal and your purpose. Great Great people in life are just ordinary people with extraordinary amount of determination. Okay, watch and say my yotana. Great people in life are just ordinary people with extraordinary amount of determination. There are people who are so determined, they don't see a mountain or a hill or an ocean. They will cross it in order to succeed. And that, as a believer, you need to have that level of determination in your life. Hallelujah. Because, you see, as you set out to fulfill God's calling and vision in your life, you are not alone. The Lord is with you. Hallelujah. And He will make the way for you. Shall we all stand up in the house of the Lord? Can we stand up on your feet? Amen. Amen. Raise up your hands before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up each person that is here at this pulpit. I pray that you release your anointing upon them. That anointing of a professor. Let it fall upon them. I pray that you renew their mind. Touch their brains. That you bless them with higher level of intelligence. Bring some some smartness into their lives. Give them ability to make the right choice and good decisions. Give them wisdom in the name of Jesus. I pray that, Father, that you will open a door for them. Those, of the, those that are here that desire to do a PhD, you will open a door for them. Those who want to do a master's degree. Those who want to go overseas to Europe, to America, to Canada, Australia. And they have that vision in their heart. I pray for a breakthrough now in the name of Jesus. I pray for favor of God to come upon them now so that when they go to get that visa they will not be asked questions. It will just be stamped on their passports. I pray as they apply for the scholarships you give them favor and that money will come through not just to pay part of the education but all the education in the name of Jesus. Bless him Father right now in the name of Jesus. Let them get it. Let them receive. Open the windows of heaven for them now. Let them receive it. Let them get that divine favor now in this area. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you receive it, give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now... The Bible says the just shall live
1: by faith.
0: So you have to step up by faith and start following up with the vision that you have. That dream that you have. You have to begin the first steps. And then God will come through for you. God will go before you. He will open that door for you. He will give you that vision. That, that money will come through. But you have to take the first step. The step of faith. Are we together? Do you receive it? Give the Lord a hand of praise again. Amen. It is yours. Amen. Thank you. Amen. So may God bless you and continue. You may go back.
1: Amen. Amen. That is not a motivational talk. No, it is not. It's not. That is the word of the Lord. To us today. We can all become. What we desire. To become. Amen. If we look to him. Who is the author. And the finisher of our faith. And we have examples. In the scriptures. We have Paul. Who was also a university professor. If you, if you didn't know, Paul in the Bible was a university professor. Praise the Lord. The message is to focus to him. Amen? As we work hard, as we plan, as we evaluate ourselves, as we do the elimination, please, please note those words, evaluation, elimination, concentration, determination but they are all hooked to one Christ who is the other Amen We want to win the race You are running towards who? Christ Once you get there you can play for your blocked head I didn't want to say dada head <laughs> <laughs> Refuse to be to have a dada ahead to be called that way, and just put your hands on on your on your on your on your, on, your, on, your, on, your, on your, to be to put your hand on your hands and pray like he did. Just copy him by faith and say if if you turn it from a D to an A, my friend, it's possible. Amen. So don't give up. Hallelujah! And you all came forward. Most of you, actually, actually, almost the whole church was here. You know now what I, what I expect? Amen? Those that do not have their first degree, you to enroll for the first degree. Those of you that have done your second and that degree, please go ahead. Amen? You, amen? PhD holders. He released the anointing of of professors in this house. So please receive it. Amen? And I can tell you something. When the anointing flows, what takes others six years, ten years to become a professor? You become a professor within the shortest time possible. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I have known people who have, uh, who have earned their PhD in less than three years. It's possible. You can. So please, go ahead. Amen? And those of you that do not want to pursue academics, you can pursue what you do and what you know best. If you are a farmer, farm until you become a professor in that field. Amen? Yes. So don't say, oh, oh for me, pastor. No, no, no. Excel in what you are doing. The anointing has been released. Hallelujah. I am a proud pastor. Pastoring is a church of PhD holders and professors, men and women who are determined to move forward. Never again. Let your, your location that you are born in Kibra. Yeah? That, and you remain in Kibra. No way. You can be born in Kibra. Okay? Now it is Kibra. Don't be cheated. It is still Kibra. Kibra. Is by shading, shading the, the pronunciation does not lift you up. Okay? But you are not confined to that location. You can move out. Your parents may have lived there, but you don't have to live there yourself. Work yourself out and own your own home somewhere else. Amen? But you start somewhere. Don't despise it. Because again we are told there are things you cannot change. Don't try to say "Me, I was born in Lovington when actually (laughs) your birth certificate says you were born in in Kibera. Let them know that you are born in Kibera. But you are not confined. You are not going to remain there. Praise the Lord. Let's be encouraged, isn't it? Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening very attentively and uh, taking notes and capturing it.